Welcome to Reconciling Grace, a program where church leaders discuss various topics from the Bible. During the discussions, there may or may not always be agreement from every panel member on every point, but there is full agreement on the fact that the way to God the Father is through the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ. And we welcome you to today's episode of Reconciling Grace. This is Pete Vecchi. I'm one of the associate pastors at West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. Joining me today are Steve Wilson, who is a Christian author with a master's degree from United Theological Seminary. We also have with us Mick Wells, who's the co-host of the Cross Connection radio program. He's a songwriter and has been part of Wells of Salvation Ministries since 1980. And we also have Rich Harmon with us. Rich is a licensed minister from West Carrollton Church of the Nazarene. And today we're going to be talking about the topic of temptation. And Rich is the one who's going to lead us off. So, Rich, what would you like to say to us today? Welcome, guys. It's great to be with everybody today. I would like to start off as just saying, you know, we know as Christians that Christ was tempted in the wilderness by Satan. And there's a few scriptures that uh, talk about that, and it's in Luke. Um, but I want to ask if uh, Mick could read a few of those for me, Luke 4, 1 and 2, and then verse 13. Uh, the Word tells us, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. Moving ahead to verse 13 in Luke chapter 4, it says, When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. And many, many say that our temptations today are much worse than those that uh, Christ uh, endured during those days in the wilderness. What's your guys' thoughts on that? My first thought was that... Um, I don't know that the temptations are worse. They certainly, the opportunities to be tempted have certainly uh, changed with the times. I, I think those have increased uh, exponentially with things like the, the internet and instant information where we're exposed to crisis du jour every day on the, on the news headlines. Not that that's a temptation itself, but it represents the bombardment of information that we have, which may or may not lead to some kind of temptation used, used by the enemy. That's what occurred to me. I think the temptations are more subtle for us. You know, it's very obvious uh, what Jesus was facing, and it's obvious for a reason, so that we can learn from it and you know, identify our own temptations. But as we're going through life, and those, uh, that constant bombardment does hit us, sometimes we... We don't identify that it is a temptation or what exactly we're being tempted to do. I think that uh, one of the things that, if Rich, if you ask the question that I'm understanding you to say, was his temptation harder? Well, yes and no. It was harder for him than it would be for us <laughs> because he's Jesus. You know, that temptation was for him at that specific time, at that specific place. The temptation for all of us in a general sense is almost always something about selfishness versus selflessness. Are we going to do my will or God's will? The last verse that, that Mick read there out of that, that whole passage it was saying that 
Satan left him until an opportune time, but verse 2 was saying that after 40 days, Jesus was hungry. There's nothing in and of itself that says that eating bread or eating anything or turning something into bread is wrong. But for Jesus, it would have been wrong because God wanted him to fast during that time. Absolutely. So what what makes it so easy for us to fall into in, into temptation today? Um, do you guys feel that it's that it's something that is deeply spiritually rooted within us that that causes us to to fall into these temptations? Because it seems that that I see even some of the strongest Christians are constantly giving in. When you say fall, just just as a matter of clarification, do you mean giving into the temptation or having the temptation? Yeah, giving into temptation. I mean, the temptation itself isn't a sin until you give in to the temptation, and then it becomes a sin. So, what well, you know, when when you see so many of these strong uh, Christians and leaders and uh, people in our community that 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 uh, fall into sin from the temptations, what do you guys think of uh, what makes it so easy for them to do that? I think one reason is I always have competing desires. You know, I have a, a sinful nature. But I'm also made in God's image. I'm a creature of the world, but I'm also a person trying to follow God. And it's illustrative in this story that Satan comes to Jesus when he's hungry, when he's weak, when he's down, and that's what happens to us. You know, we can we can stay strong sometimes. We can be prepared for those temptations sometimes. But there's also going to be times when we're a little bit weaker, um, whether it be mentally or physically, uh, emotionally. We might be down for some reason, and that's when Satan's going to hit us. And uh, if we are not prepared, we're going to be in danger. Absolutely. Um, one thing that I loved about uh, verse 1 was it said, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So for me, looking back on that question, for me, it really speaks volumes that that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit in order to be able to overcome those temptations um, when they do, you know, because they are coming, uh, coming daily for me. I don't know about you guys, but I do know that they come daily. Right. And also, if I could uh, just uh, pick up a little bit on what Steve said, you know, the devil, as much as we hate him, we have to admit he's good at his job. He knows how to tempt us. He knows when to tempt us. And Steve, as you said, when we're down, when we have, when we're weak, when we have something going on, um, he knows how to tempt us then. But you know what? He also knows how to tempt us when we think we're on a high, because we can just think everything is going just perfectly, and then out of nowhere, we can get slammed with some temptation that that just hits us out of nowhere. Absolutely. You know, I think we have to. Uh, you know, in past programs, we've talked about cooperate with God in terms of His will. Uh, James 4.7 encourages us to submit ourselves to God, and it's followed by the words, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So I think we, we submit ourselves to God by uh, disciplining ourselves to avoid situations we know can result 
in temptation. And I, I think of my youngest son, who is, uh, I've mentioned before, is a drug addict. He goes into prison each round that he falls, and he is addicted to drugs. You know what? He comes out not addicted because he hasn't been exposed to drugs just by circumstance. He's clean when he comes out. So, uh, you know, Bible talks about, you know, if your eye offends you and so forth. You have to kind of uh, control and cooperate with God in what you expose yourself to. Uh, the person out there listening to this who may have a problem with, for instance, internet pornography, ought to determine to not get on the computer for a while and pray to God, resist the devil, and stand on the promise that he will flee uh, from you. So Luke, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, there's also a sliding morality. Um, sometimes we, we don't agree about what's right and what's wrong, you know, even in the church. So for us to be able to resist temptation, we have to know it is wrong to give in to that certain thing. And depending on uh, your background, depending on your, uh, your church teachings, you might not know. Absolutely. Um, Luke 4.13 says that when the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. What do you guys feel is meant by the opportune time? I think he knows what his self-appointed role and mission is, and that's to destroy anything godly and, and do damage to the kingdom of God. And I, and I love the way that version of the scripture described that in Luke 4, 4.13. It says he left until a, quote, opportune time. Right there, the scriptures labeled him an opportunist. And so he's constantly looking. The Bible says he's prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I think he's out there looking for opportunities. He's constantly... Uh, searching for our Achilles heel, uh, I'll call it that, um, our weaknesses, our vulnerabilities. I think it's just in his fallen nature. So in a way, you're kind of saying, Mick, that the opportune time could be whenever an opportunity presented itself. Well, look where it says in the scriptures that if an evil spirit leaves a person, they'll go out and wander in desert and arid places, but then say, hey, I had it pretty good back in that guy, and returns with seven spirits more wicked. That's opportunist. He's out there looking for opportunities and, and isn't uh, against going back and doing the same thing and making it worse to people with respect to the harassment he can inflict. I like that idea. Um, I don't like the idea that that's what the devil does, but of course I like what you're Ooh. saying about that um, because... Um, the opportunity is there sometimes when we don't even realize what it is. And I think, Rich, maybe what you were getting at is, okay, when was that opportune time? And it might sound, as from what Mick is saying, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense, that the opportune time came many different times. You know, many different times Jesus could have been tempted to do the wrong thing. He could have been tempted to do... Um, something that, that God the Father didn't want him to do. Now, the Scripture is clear that he didn't. Um, I also think that it's important to understand that 
Jesus truly, in his humanity, because he was fully human, was tempted because there was a part of him that did not want to do something that would go against his own personal body. He didn't want to go die on the cross. He asked the Father to let that cup pass from him. That doesn't mean he was sinful about it. It means, I don't want this to happen, but what he say? Nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done. So he did not fall. I ask a question here. The fact that the devil tempted Christ in the wilderness implies that the devil thought that Christ was capable of being tempted. And the Bible clearly tells us that God can't be tempted. Neither does he tempt people to sin. So I guess my question is... You mean neither does God tempt people to sin, right? Neither does God, yeah. Yeah, okay. If I said that wrong. the Jesus was, of course, all God and all man. I guess it begs the question, given the scenario, was Jesus capable of being tempted from the standpoint of his, his humanness. Absolutely, I would think so, because I've, I've often said, if Jesus wasn't truly tempted, for instance, to eat the bread, or make the stones turn into bread, I should say, or to jump off the pinnacle of the temple, which was another one of the, the temptations, or to bow down and worship Satan. If he wasn't truly tempted, if there wasn't something within his humanity that desired this, then it wouldn't have truly been a temptation, and then he really didn't overcome temptation the way that we have to uh, face temptation. We can't overcome it on our own. We can only do it through the Holy Spirit. And I believe that the temptation that Jesus faced was saying, my will or God's will, and Jesus is the only one in history who has ever fully said, God's will, not mine, be done. And speaking of not mine, be done, we need to stop right here for just a moment and have a break for our sponsor. And we're back with today's episode of Reconciling Grace. We've been talking about temptation, and Rich Harmon is kind of leading the discussion. Rich, uh, where did you want to go from here after we were talking about uh, Jesus and the temptation? Well, Pete, uh, I wanted to go into James 1.13, and that says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So is there ever a time that you guys feel that God tempts us to do good for him or is he'll, or his or is his will completely free even once he dedicated our lives to him I don't see the word temptation ever applied it doesn't occur to me that it's ever applied in the positive sense I mean we're instructed to do good works God prepared for us in advance according uh, to the scripture. So I think through the Holy Spirit, he will lead us to opportunities to do the good. I, do, I don't consider it a quote uh, temptation, but I do believe he freely confirms in us the good that we should do in his service. Maybe I should ask what you mean by tempted to do the good, because what I'm thinking of is the the phrase that I've heard many times 
in my Christian walk is that God doesn't tempt us, but he does allow us to be tested. Um, are you using that word tempted as both testing and tempting? As, In other words, he could be testing us to try to do something positive, or, or how are you getting at that? Yeah, that, that was kind of the question. I've been asked a few times by people that once we become Christians— um, and maybe that was the reason I used that verbiage is because it's the way it was used with me. But does God tempt or guide us uh, without us asking specifically for that is the reason I think that the, the word tempt was used. But because of the free will is where our, it gets a little bit sticky because, you know, he, he gives you complete free will. But once you dedicate your life to him and – you're, you're on the path of righteousness per se, is is he ever kind of giving little uh, directions without being asked is, is the way that it, the way that it's been asked to me. I would think definitely he he kind of guides our paths. yeah, I mean he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding is what the Bible says in Proverbs and uh, acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths. So I don't think that you have to necessarily be looking and asking him every step, okay, Lord, is this the right step? Okay, Lord, is this the right step? Uh, I, I think he'll show us the path he wants us to go, maybe a gentle nudge or, or something like that. Um, so I don't know that I would consider that a temptation other than to say, I don't want to go that way, God. You know, maybe that's that's part of what you're talking about. Is that kind of the direction you're talking yeah, um, somewhat. I mean, it, I think it came down to more if it was something that we was specifically asking like for in prayer versus something that we haven't asked for at all, if that makes sense. I think of the Scripture that instructs us to take up our cross daily in, it, in, in His service. So it kind of implies to me that uh, each morning when I face that day, and I pick up my cross, I look for God to impress upon me when he's providing what I used to call divine appointments to, to witness. You might see an open door and God say, go for it, share the gospel, or you know, befriend this individual uh, in his name, or uh, share a cup of water, etc. But uh, I believe in the dynamics of the Lord leading us uh, in response to the commitment we've made to do that for him. I find that with uh, I'm not huge on using my cell phone as as I've discussed with you guys, but I find that the Holy Spirit prompting me maybe would be a better word to use. Um, that sometimes that I just need to reach out to someone and shooting them a quick text, hey, thinking about you, praying for you today, has just made amazing things happen in that person's day. So uh, you know maybe he's maybe not tempting, but uh, as I said before, just prompting me to do things like that. What do you I'm, guys think? I'm thinking about rewards that God gives us. Uh, when Satan tempted Jesus, he said, if you bow down to me, I will give you the world. I'll give you half the world. Um, when God tempts us to serve him, he says, I will give you eternal life. I will give you, I will bless your life. I will give you crowns of glory in heaven. 
And so there is this kind of, if you do this, I will give you this on both sides of it. So you're thinking of a temptation in the sense of... An incentive. Yes, an incentive, incentive, right. That makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And I think that God will do that in a way that will will test us. Um, I think the overall view that Steve just said is absolutely right. It's just it's perfect actually. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, as, as we walk day to day, though, I don't know that we're always keeping in mind. We should keep it in mind what our what our eternal reward is going to be. But I think that those tests come. You know, you mentioned Rich about the. Uh, cell phone and and maybe God prompting you to to send a text or maybe he's prompting us to go talk to somebody in person and I really don't want to deal with that person today. Now nobody in this room knows anybody like that, do they? Of course we all do. Of course we all do. But but the point is is that a test is it a temptation? Yes, it's a test. Um God isn't tempting us, but he's asking us to do something. I mean, in the same way he asked Jesus to go into the wilderness and fast for 40 days, in the same way that he asked Jesus to go to the cross. Um, Again, we don't always want to have to do it. Are we always going to be obedient? Well, let's hope so, but uh, our track records are not very good. Again, only Jesus was the one who who was able to follow 100% of the time. Yeah, going back to what Steve said, it's it's an, an amazing thing when uh, I'll just give you a quick story for of myself is when I when I got saved, I didn't trust any Christians. I didn't really know a lot of Christians, um, just some in my family, and there really wasn't any reason for me to become a Christian. So, by the pastor saying, "Look, this is what you get for being a Christian." I really still didn't get it, but I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. But now look at where I'm at, you know. So mm-hmm. I think that that's there's got to be some type of an incentive, as you said, and I, I really like how you explained that, Steve. Um, so when Christians have addictions like food, could be anything. I just use food because I have, a, you know, I will admit that I have an addiction to food. Um, is this going beyond just the temptation? that we give into or more of a spiritual battle. And li- like I said, this is for any temptations that that we give into, mm-hmm. not just food. It could be drugs, alcoholism. I think it goes to both and um yes, we can be tempted extra where the devil knows we're weak. Yes, we can be tempted extra when we don't even realize we're being tempted. The devil is an opportunist, as Mick said before. He knows how to tempt us. He's good at his job. I don't like him, but we we need to respect him. We also need to know that that we won the victory over him through Jesus Christ. But none of us is above being tempted. None of us is above falling into temptation. So whether it's an addiction as you say, to food or drugs or alcohol, whatever it might be. Um, he knows what that is. And we may be more tempted in that. And at the same time, we, we may be fighting so much against that addiction that we, we totally miss something else that we're being tempted by because we're paying so much attention to that addiction. I, I see the two concepts of, of temptation 
and addiction as kind of being on a continuum. I mean, addiction actually is the consequence of giving in to temptation over time to the point where you feel like you've lost control. And I thought of two words that kind of describe it. One comes out of the Bible where we're not to give an opportunity to the devil. That's Ephesians 4.27. Some versions say not to give the devil a foothold. And then you have the concept of a stronghold. And I think giving the devil enough footholds can lead uh, to a path where you're somewhat feeling uh, controlled by things uh, that you can't deal with at, at all. But uh, I, um, I think if you get to the point where you're controlled by a spiritual stronghold, then that begs uh, for a little more than resisting temptation. It begs for intervention and deliverance and calling upon Christians and God uh, to help you deal with that behavior that in effect is harmful to you as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I think it's important too. Um, I, I don't want to mislead anybody. I think that there are times in this world, especially in this world now, where we can find that people have gotten addicted by no fault of their own. I think of the opioid crisis, for instance. You know, all you've done is gone in for a surgery that you needed and, and you get addicted to some medication that you weren't doing anything to go against God's will. Um, but still, it's an addiction. That's not necessarily a, a way that you fell into temptation on your own. But again, it still needs to be dealt with by God. And also, you know, through through science, we can we can figure out ways that, that we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit to help us overcome those addictions. And I'll throw out that there's a difference between combating spiritual issues with spiritual warfare and trying to combat spiritual issues or uh, trying to use spiritual warfare against a medical issue or a psychiatric issue or uh, even a habitual issue. Um, can God help us with those things? Yes. But sometimes we have to realize this is a discipline issue, not a spiritual temptation, uh, not a disobedience uh, that we're engaging in. Um, so we, we have to think, you know, is, is God counting this against me? Is he disappointed in me in this? Uh, or is, would he just recognize this as something to work through? I was thinking, too, of the range of things that can enslave us. And the Bible says we're enslaved to anything that masters us. And the harmful things that came to mind were porn, drugs, cigarettes, gambling, alcohol, stealing, and lying, um, many of which are not medical but can, I think, uh, devour us. But not cell phones. No, not cell phones, unless you own a, I won't say it. Exactly. Well, that's the point, is anything can master us. And the point is we need to not be mastered by anything, but we can be tempted by many, many things. And uh, we have about a minute. Does anybody want to wrap up here for about a minute or something in the last minute we have to say? Well, I'd like to just say one thing, uh, if you don't mind. I'd like to just, just say that if there's anybody out there who's struggling with temptations on a daily basis um, with me, uh, the food, it, it is an addiction, but that cheeseburger every day is a temptation that keeps me in that addiction. Um, just don't lose hope. 
don't lose hope and continue to fight that good fight. And I would add, the, the Bible tells us, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Amen. Absolutely. And it's not our strength. It's not that we're doing it because we've gotten strong enough spiritually. It's only through him who gives us strength. Steve, anything else you want to add? No, I'm good. All right. Yeah, he is good, but only one is good. That's God alone. But we understand what you mean. So I think we're going to wrap things up today. Again, um, this panel has been sharing about temptation. Rich, you've done a great job leading it today. Mick Wells, Steve Wilson, I'm Pete Vecchi. It's good to be with you today. We'll see you next time on Reconciling Grace. This has been Reconciling Grace. Join us again next time as our panel discusses biblical truths centered around the reconciling grace of Jesus Christ.